your hands and stand all across the building for the reading of the word. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. I want to encourage you to just continue to just talk to people about Jesus. And just keep loving them where they are and love them back to life. Amen. Love them into the kingdom in Jesus' name. The book of Proverbs, chapter 9. I want to encourage you um, to be here this week. Brother Stanley Hopkins is going to be preaching on Wednesday night. Evangelist from uh, Michigan. And we've had the privilege of knowing them for years. And it just, schedule has never worked out to have them with us. But it worked out this week to have them on a Wednesday night. And I think what a great way to kick off the new year with an evangelist preaching to us. And uh, we got a lot of great things coming up in this next year. And so we'll be talking about that a little more next Sunday, so you don't want to miss that, uh, but want to want to preach what I believe the Lord's laid on my heart. One more announcement as we are turning Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Uh, the business meeting, annual business meeting for the church will be January 24th at 7 p.m. Uh, I say this uh, weather permitting, and so last year we had to move it up a week because uh, the weather just got crazy, but so far this year, I don't know if the winter's coming, and so... <laughs> I think we got like two winter, two or three winners last year. You can tell half the congregation clapped for that, and the other half was a little disappointed. So, amen. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 10. I'm going to preach what I felt several weeks ago the Lord laid on my heart for the last Sunday of this year. And I'm going to preach it with the best of my ability. And I hope that I'm a blessing to somebody today. And I uh, hope you'll preach with me. I know everybody's probably tired from all the turkey and ham from Christmas, but... Man, if you'll preach with me, we'll, I preach 20 minutes on Christmas Eve. Maybe I'll preach 25 minutes today. You don't get with me. I might preach an hour and 25. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Proverbs, yeah, I heard it. There we go. I got one, by, one, one person with me. He said preach. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Let's read that again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Everybody say the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. Would you set down your Bibles and would you lift up your hands all across this house. And let's pray that the Holy Ghost would speak to us. That God would do a work in our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Every guest, every visitor, I pray right now, God, everyone that's watching, listening online, I pray that, Lord, this message would get deep down in our hearts, deep down in our bones, in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Back to the beginning. The Bible speaks of the fear of the Lord. In about 295 verses, Scripture speaks of men fearing God, fearing His name, fearing His law, fearing His word. In the Old Testament, there are 235 references to the fear of God. And in the New Testament, there are 43 references to the fear of God. From Genesis to Revelations, the Bible proclaims that the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, and those who drink deeply of it shall have the blessings of God in their life and in the life to come. However, those that reject the fear of the Lord will end up in the ways of death. The fear of God is the predominant response 
And it is a fundamental attitude towards God, His Word, His law, His name, and everything that God desires. Proverbs 8 and 13. If you read the book of Proverbs, you will find over and over again, it talks about the fear of the Lord. Imagine in the book of wisdom that it constantly is talking about the fear of the Lord. As we read in our text, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Proverbs 8 and 13 tells us the fear of the Lord is this. It is to hate evil, to hate pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Amen. Proverbs 10 and 27 says the fear of the Lord prolongs our days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. If you want to live a good long life, you need to learn how to fear the Lord. Proverbs 14 and 26 says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and His children have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, and it helps us to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs 15 and 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great trouble, treasures and trouble therewith. Proverbs 16 and 6 says, By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. Proverbs 22 and 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Suffice it to say, it is important to, to have the fear of the Lord working in your life. If you want to be blessed, you got to go back to the beginning. You got to have the fear of the Lord. If you want to have honor, you got to go back to the beginning because it's there that you're going to find in the fear of the Lord some honor. If you want to have long life, prolonged days, you got to go back to the beginning. You got to go back to fearing the Lord. If you want to get out of death and out of the evil way, you've got to find yourself a place in the fear of the Lord. Somebody ought to give him praise here today. Given the scriptural importance of the fear of the Lord, we must all consider this topic of the utmost importance. But I have to confess, as many of us might have to confess today, that although we've been going to church for many years, and some of us a couple decades, I, I, can, I can confess myself I've not heard very many messages on the fear of God. You know, we hear a lot about uh, the love of God, the mercy of God, the blessings of God, and all of these are good. But we must also couple it with the biblical understanding of the fear of the Lord. Fear and love are two of the main motivators in life. If you are not being motivated by love, you are being moved by fear. This is why the Bible says that some of some have compassion pulling them out of the fire. But it starts by saying of others, you've got you to gotta convince them to come out of the fire with fear. There's something about knowing that you're about to burn that will get you out of the fire. And there's sometimes where it's the love that sends you back into the fire to pull somebody out. Amen. There's something about being motivated by love that says I've got to go back in to pull somebody out. And there's something about fear that says if I don't get out, I'm going to burn. Amen. Fear and love are the two main motivators in life. Amen. And the Bible declares that we are to both fear and love God. Amen. It is not enough to just love God. We must also fear God. And I'm going to talk about this today because there's a lot of churches that are afraid to talk about this. They think it's going to scare people off. 
I, I want to venture to tell you here today that the fear of the Lord is the beginning. And if people don't fear God, we don't, get, we don't have them in the first place. Amen. Got to teach people to fear the Lord. Amen. We must relate to God in more than one way. Loving God is not enough according to the Bible. We must also fear Him. If we take the Bible seriously, one of the fundamental aspects of our relationship to God should be the fear of the Lord. Fear goes hand in hand with love. Love is the positive side, and fear is the negative side. Love prompts one to do what pleases God, but fear prompts one to refrain from doing that which displeases God. Biblical fear of God is a holy inclination of the heart, whereby they, out of reverence for God, take careful pains not to displease God. God. Amen. When you fear the Lord and you love the Lord, uh, you are constantly seeking for ways that you might please God. And when you fear God, you are constantly on the alert for all the things that God hates uh, and all the things God does not like and all the things God is not well pleased in. uh, And you avoid all of those while clinging to the things that God does love. Amen. We need the fear of the Lord. In the unregenerated man, there is no fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk today for just a little while, and then we'll get to the good stuff. But in the unregenerated man, there is no fear of the Lord. As far as the fear of God is concerned, uh, the carnal man is insensitive. The carnal man is hardened and without emotion. Romans 3 and 18 says, there is no fear of God before their eyes. This is why the Bible says those who don't fear the Lord are fools. And the Bible says that the fool has said in his heart there is no God. Since the unconverted person is in essence just a sinner that is doing that which pleases themselves and pleases their flesh. Amen. All of their emotions and all of their faculties have become distorted. This includes their ability to fear. The ability to fear, amen, when you are unregenerated is directed towards all of the wrong things. Amen. It is exercised in a disorderly fashion. Amen. This is why over and over again the Bible declares we are to fear the Lord and then simultaneously he will tell us not to fear that which is around us. Amen. He told Joshua multiple times. It is one of the major themes in the book of Joshua. He tells him, fear not. Fear not. Amen. But before you can fear not the adversary by night or the enemy by day, it starts by learning what you ought to fear. you got to have your mind regenerated to the place where I'm not afraid of what man can do to me because Jesus put it this way, don't fear that which can only destroy the flesh. He said you got to learn to fear God which can destroy both flesh and soul. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give God praise here today. The unregenerated mind will fear the wrong things. It will fear the opinions of people. It will fear what your family thinks. It will fear what your boss thinks. It will fear what the world thinks. It will, it will fear what every, everything in society is telling you. Uh, amen. It will fear what your flesh tells you. It will fear what your mind tells you. It will fear, amen, all of the other things that are going on in your world. Uh, amen. When you are unregenerated, that means unsaved. That means not transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you will fear everything but God. 
I want to tell you, when you go back to the beginning, and that goes back to fearing God, it gives you a strong confidence over everything else. When you go back to the beginning of fearing God, all of a sudden, nothing else is, is going to make you afraid. When you go back to fearing God, I mean, I'm, I, I, I have a reverence for God, and I'm a, I've got more of a fear of God than I do of anybody else, anything else. When you are unregenerated, your, your emotions, your faculties are distorted. You, you will fear all sorts of things. When you're unregenerated, you fear things like death. Hallelujah. Because for the unregenerated man, death is the end. But when you've been born again of water and spirit, you know that death is just the next beginning. When you've been born again, you recognize, uh, amen, that when I am departing from the body, I am ever present with the Lord. Uh, I might separate myself from this earth, uh, but death is not the final for me. Death is just the beginning for me. And when you fear for death, uh, amen, now all of a sudden somebody comes by, uh, amen, and this has not happened currently in America, but one day it might, where they tell you to deny your faith. If you don't have a solid fear of God, you will fear for your life, uh, and you will deny God. Uh, but when you have a fear of God, death is no deal. Uh, amen, when you have a fear of God, disease is no deal. When you have a fear of of whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I fear? Amen. When you understand, uh, I've got a God that's bigger than anything. I'm not afraid of mountains. I've got a God that made the mountain, can move the mountain. When you fear God, you stop fearing everything else. When you fear God, when you are unregenerated, you fear everything else. You fear the opinions of people. This is what causes people, well, I don't know if I want to lift my hands. I want to tell you what you need. You need to be born again. Amen. I don't know if I want to worship God. I'll tell you why. You're afraid of what everybody else might think. Or worse, you're afraid of what you might think. Amen. But you get somebody throwing a pigskin and you lose your mind. I want to tell you, you, you are afraid of the wrong things and you love the wrong things. But when you're born again and you go back to the beginning and you start to fear the Lord, all of a sudden it starts changing the way you live. It starts changing the way you talk. It starts changing the way you act. When you fear the Lord, uh, amen, it changes what you love. It changes what you hate. It changes what you think about. It changes what you dream about. It changes your direction. It changes your eternity. I want to tell you, when you go back to the beginning, it changes everything. When you are regenerated, however, that heart of stone is removed. And now God has put a heart of flesh in there that is soft and pliable and is willingly moved by the Spirit of God. When somebody is unregenerated, they do not fear the Lord. They are not thinking about God. They are not reverencing God. All of a sudden, when God moves, they are unmoved. But when somebody has been redeemed, when God moves, all of a sudden, they, they move with God. Immediately upon receiving redemption, God is perceived as being majestic. There is a respect towards God. I can preach it from where I used to live. I grew up in a godless home. Drugs and alcohol everywhere. And I, I'll never forget that we were, we were allowed at certain ages to say certain cuss words. Talk about graduating. Amen. All of a sudden... This, this is what happened. All of a sudden, you got to a certain age, you were allowed to say a little bit more intense of a cuss word. I'll never forget when I, I, I was finally allowed to say Jesus Christ. 
But it was not to give praise. It was not to pray. It was just another cuss word in my parents' mouth. Uh, amen. I, I'm, I'm telling you the honest truth. Uh, amen. And when I came into church, uh, amen, I was, I, I'll be honest with you, forgive me, but this is where I came from. Uh, amen. I had been through enough in my life where I, I, I thought if there's a God and he's real, uh, he must be mean. And I, I didn't really think about God through the biblical lens. I thought about him through my pain and through my hurt. And, uh, and I came to church as a God hater. I came to church as somebody who did not have fear of God. Uh, amen. I, 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 I didn't want God to move on me. I didn't want to feel God. Uh, amen. But I had gone through enough life where all of a sudden I had no other choice uh, than to give God a try. And I'm so grateful God allowed me to hit rock bottom. Uh, because if I hadn't hit rock bottom, I'd have never found the fear of the Lord. Are you thankful for that tonight? You ought to give him praise that God brought you out of a miry clay. And when I came into church, I had no desire to move when God moved. But all of a sudden, amen, after I was born again, all of a sudden that hardened self, amen, it didn't take six years to become a praiser. In fact, it is an immediate act. Amen. When you are born again, you get the fear of the Lord just departed into your spirit. I had no God consciousness, but when I was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, I just started giving God praise. I didn't know the words that I was saying. In fact, this is biblical. Amen. The first action that when they received the Holy Ghost in Acts 2.11, they heard them speak in tongues and saying the wonderful works of of God. It didn't take 10 years. Amen. The moment they got the Holy Ghost, that hardened heart was removed and that heart of, heart of flesh was put there and they began to praise God. Acts 10 and 46 there were some Gentiles who had hardened hearts but when they got the Holy Ghost they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. I'll tell you what happens uh, when you get redeemed. Uh, when you get redeemed, uh, all of a sudden you get an immediate interjection of the fear of the Lord, uh, of, of, an, of a consciousness of God. And now you can't help but give God glory uh, and you can't help but give God praise. I think we ought to do that for just a few moments. Anybody remember when they were filled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Did you give God praise? And if you didn't give God praise then, you ought to give God praise now. When you're unregenerated, you don't fear God. You don't even, you, you, you're not God conscious. It's just this, that God is just, who cares? But when you get the Holy Ghost, you can't help but acknowledge the existence of God. And something you start looking at life differently. When you go back to the beginning, you look up to those mountains and you realize somebody made those mountains. And you start looking at everything that's all around you. Maybe you start doing what David did. And you said, when I consider the heaven and the heaven of heavens which you have created, you start considering what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you'd even visit him. When you get redeemed, all of a sudden you start realizing how big God is and how small you are. Amen. There's, that's a beautiful thing. When you get redeemed, you realize first and foremost that God loves you. And secondly, how big and how great God is. 
It is a holy motion. Believers having been sanctified in principle are also sanctified in their inner beings. Their fear has now got a proper direction. Amen. They now have their faculties redeemed, their emotions redeemed, their mind redeemed, and now their fear itself has been redeemed. They are now devoted and and they live in devout fear of the Lord. I know there's some people you've been waiting to get with me because you're like, I don't know. I, I don't know about that, Pastor. Doesn't the Bible say God has not given us a spirit of fear? I got your number. Here we go. That word literally means cowardice. God, and I'll preach about that at another time. God has not given us a spirit of cowardice. Even that is to talk about other things, external things. Uh, amen. Fear does not simply mean to be afraid of. Uh, it means that we, sh- it does not always mean that we should look over our shoulders. Uh, but fear of the Lord means a deep reverence and respect. Uh, it is an understanding of the holiness uh, and the might of God. It is an understanding that if God wanted to, uh, he has the power to destroy us. I think we ought to give God praise that he has the power if he wanted to. This is what's missing for some folk. You know, and I'm going to talk about this for a moment. God, the fear of the Lord tells me God could destroy me. Now, love tells me he won't. This is why it's balanced. You have to have the fear of the Lord and the love of God. The love of God will tell me God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that through him the world might have life. Love tells me God has come to seek and save that which is lost. Love tells me God will not leave me where he found me. Love tells me he will not suffer me to be destroyed. Love tells me he's got life and life more abundantly. Love tells me, amen, that there's good things from God. But fear teaches me something too. Fear tells me God is much bigger than I am. And there are people even in this room today that are missing the fear of the Lord. And that's why you are not operating in wisdom. And before we get into 2024, we're going back to the beginning. Because you can't go into 2024 walking around without wisdom. You can't go into your marriage walking around without wisdom. You can't work in your job and your career. You can't operate in your calling without wisdom. You can't deal with relationships. You can't even be in the church properly without going back to the beginning and walking in wisdom. And where do you get wisdom? You go back to the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord tells me it is a reverence and a respect of how great and grand God is. I fear that sometimes we've gotten to the place where we think of God as as a genie in a bottle. As as, as, uh, As a vending machine, my favorite machine at the gym. Praise God. You just press the button and it gives me what I want. And God is there to serve me. See, that's, that's a misinterpretation of how this should work. Now, God has so loved me that he gives to me. But just because God is gracious and God has given to me doesn't mean God is smaller than me. We're going to talk about this for a moment. I just want us to understand here today the fear of the Lord, what it really means. Uh, amen. Love tells me he won't destroy me, but fear of the Lord tells me he could. You know what the fear of the Lord will do? When you're getting ready to go out and do something stupid, the fear of the Lord say, yeah, 
I'm talking to somebody today because you keep going out and doing the same thing and, and, and you are thinking, man, I'm getting away with it. But you don't realize just because the consequences haven't showed up yet doesn't mean they're not coming. You got to get it under the blood. You got to get it repented of because if not, God is merciful and God is gracious and God is long-suffering and that means God is willing to be patient with us. But just because God is patient doesn't mean judgment won't come if we don't get it under the blood and get it repented of. And there is something about fearing God that says, if I don't pray through about this, I'm going to be in trouble with my Father which is in heaven. Come on, somebody. If I don't get this taken care of, I'm going to see some things I don't want to see. It's much like a teenager that's, loved, that, that's lost the fear of mom and dad. Just because they haven't spanked you in a while doesn't mean they can't. And just because they haven't disciplined you in a minute, and you, I'll, I'll never forget the day. Now, forgive me. I, I'm not preaching gospel at this moment. I'm preaching, my, I'm preaching West Hood right now. That's my father. Hey, Amen. I got to my teenage years. It got testosterone flowing through my brain. And I thought I could talk to my mother however I wanted to. Because she's there to serve me. I'm going to talk to somebody. It's going to make some sense to somebody in a moment. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's holy. My dad was not saved. Amen. Uh, but, but I'll never forget my father came home from work. Amen. And he, my mother began to tell him about all the things I had said. Let's just put it this way. I've never talked to my mother like that since. And my, my father said, next time you want to talk to your mother like that or me like that, we can, tr- if you want to act like a man, I'm going to treat you like a man. Let's step outside. And- now, that's not Christian. I'm not telling anybody, go do that. Amen. But what I am telling you is all of a sudden, I, who at one point uh, had a respect for my father and respect for my mother, and I recognized their authority and their power over me, after a little while of them doing good things for me, I started thinking I deserved it, and it caused entitlement. And now I could get away with whatever I wanted, and I started losing the fear of mom and dad uh, and that reverence for mom and dad. And there's too many people that have lived for God for too long uh, that God has blessed them and God's been good to them but they've started losing their fear of God and they think they can do whatever they want, go wherever they want, say whatever they want, act however they want but brothers and sisters I want to tell you if you aren't careful you're going to be on the other side of the fear of God oh somebody I'll lift up your hands all across the building come on let's pray Come on, let's pray. The Bible says our Heavenly Father chastens every son that He has received. And He scourges every son. That means, amen, that God loves us enough to whip us. God loves us enough to discipline us. God loves us enough to not leave us the way we are. And if we lose the fear of God, we're going to have to go through more chastening. We're going to have to go through more trials. And I don't know about you, but I want to operate in wisdom. I want to operate in the fear of the Lord that says, God, uh, I want to avoid that which causes you displeasure because I don't want to go through another trial. And, God, I want to say yes the first time and not the second time or the third time because I want to avoid. I want to fear the Lord. I want to walk in wisdom. I want to go back to the beginning. Amen. Just because your parents bless you doesn't mean they lack the ability to correct you. And just because God blesses us doesn't mean God lacks the ability to deal with us. Is this all right? Last Sunday of the year, we're supposed to shout, Pastor. We might shout before it's all said and done. Amen. I, I, I feel this so strongly in my bones because this is why people have let their convictions slip. 
They've let their prayer life slip. They've let their walk with God slip. They've let their commitment slip. Uh, Amen. Well, Pastor, why are you saying this on the end of the year? Are you rebuking us? No, I'm encouraging you in 2024 to go back to the beginning, to go back to the fear of the Lord so your convictions don't slip, so your prayer life doesn't slip. Uh, Amen. So you avoid that which displeases God. So you get back to the place uh, where you have wisdom operating in your life uh, and you, you live a blessed life. You live a long life. You live, oh, somebody needs to preach with me. You get beyond just the mundane here and now. When you go back to fear in the Lord, you go back to wisdom. I fear that we are lacking the fear of the Lord. This is why people do whatever they want to do. They live however they want to live. Preacher, don't tell me what to do. I've heard that a few times. Preacher, don't tell me what to do. Well, okay. You go do what you want to do. But you realize real quick when you fear the Lord, amen, you realize how much he loves you. You recognize he's got my best interest at heart. And if God's coming by and telling me no, it's because he's got a better yes for me. But when you're not operating in the fear of the Lord, you lack wisdom. And you think every time God says no that he's being mean. And sometimes God's withholding because he's got a better door for you. Don't force closed doors open when God's got an open door over here for you. Can I preach to somebody? Don't break and enter on closed doors. Just wait for the open door. People do whatever they want to do. And they do not believe that there will be any consequences. Well, I'm just going to live in it. Just because God hasn't dealt with it yet doesn't mean he won't deal with it. This is a parent that raises their child without consequences. That's dangerous. It gives them a false sense of entitlement that life will always bow to them. But we all know that's not true. The boss will fire you. The police officer will arrest you. The homeowner will evict you. And ain't nobody coming to your rescue. Amen. But when you operate and you live in the fear of the Lord that God, I don't want to do that which displeases you. All of a sudden you start operating and walking in wisdom. Amen. I want to tell you there's people that have lived in this false ideology for too long. We need to get back to having a deep revelation of God's love, of God's mercy. But I want to preach to somebody we also need a deep revelation of the fear of the Lord. You know what the Bible says? The mountains melt like wax before him. The earth shakes in his voice. The wind and waves obey him. And at times, we are unmoved by God. Has it ever caused anybody to question? Amen. The God that flung the stars in the sky. Amen. The God that in Genesis 1-3 said, let there be light. There was not yet sun, moon, or stars. And yet light said, yes, sir, and obeyed. Amen. They didn't have nothing to emit from. And yet God created man. And he said, move. And man says, no. I want to preach to somebody, uh, if we lack the fear of God, God will create cattle and beasts of field, and they're still obeying God. But mankind that doesn't have the fear of the Lord will remain unmoved when God says move, uh, that won't speak when God says speak. Uh, but when you get people that have a fear of the Lord, uh, God says go, and they go. Uh, God says do it, and they do it. Uh, God says move, and they move. Uh, I want to preach to somebody, when you go back to the fear of the Lord, you go back to wisdom. We need a revival of the fear of the Lord. Lift up your hands all across the building. I'm just about done preaching. Come on, we need a revival of the fear of the Lord. 
not to be in terror of God, not to, not to look over your shoulder uh, waiting for God to come get you. No, it's when you walk around in your life, uh, you, say, you start asking yourself questions. Uh, would this please God? Would this make God happy? People that don't fear God ask questions like this. Is this a heaven or hell issue? I want to tell you, amen, I've said this before, it's a good joke, but I never walk up to my wife and she says, take out the trash and ask her, is this a divorce issue? Never done it once. Never done it once. Never will. Amen. But there's people live for God. Well, do I really need to go to church to be saved? Brother, this is about pleasing God. This is not about, I, I want to tell you, if we live so far on the other extreme where we're just trying to find out if this is going to get me out of hell, I want to tell you, we've missed it by a million miles. Uh, but if we walk in the fear of the Lord, we start walking in wisdom, we start asking ourselves questions. Uh, does watching this please God? Does listening to this please God? Come on, I'm preaching real good to somebody. Uh, when you operate in the fear of the Lord, uh, amen, you start living a better life. Uh, when you operate in the fear of the Lord, uh, amen, it'll get you to heaven. Uh, when you operate in the fear of the Lord, it'll make your marriage better. It'll make your kids better. We when you start doing that which pleases God and avoiding that which displeases God, I want to tell you, you're operating in both fear and love, and you're being motivated the best possible way. Amen. What does the fear of the Lord look like? I'm done right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this and give you something to think about. What does the fear of the Lord look like? Everybody say an undivided heart. David prayed, God, give me an undivided heart. Fear is necessary for survival. Amen. You know what? God, God did not give us a spirit of fear. That's talking about cowardice. But if you, are, if you ever meet somebody who has no fear, you better be afraid of them or afraid for them. You ever seen somebody who'll just jump off anything? We think they're brave. No, they're stupid. Oh, man, he's so brave. No, he's an idiot. He's lacking wisdom. He's not operating in fear. Fear tells you that, you know, at first you operate in ignorance. When you're a kid, you know, your parents tell them, don't put your finger in the light socket. Don't put the fork in there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Don't do that. But, you know, if they ever do it, they'll never do it again. And, and, and at first, when they touch the hot stove, they don't realize that it means it's going to burn. They just think, ooh, fire. But after a little while, they realize fire hot. And you know what happens every time they see the flame on top of the stove? They stay away from it. They got a healthy reverence and respect. They've got, oh, come on, somebody. They got a healthy fear. And there's people here today that you keep putting your hand on the stove, hand on the stove, hand on the stove, and you lack fear. And you lack fear. I want to tell you, you are burning and you don't need to. You are in pain and you don't need. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be in this much misery. You don't have to be in this much pain. You don't have to be in this much anxiety. You don't have to be in this much depression. Stop putting your hand on the stove. Fear is necessary. You need some good, healthy fear. Fear says that that is not a cat. That is a lion. Don't pet. If, it, if it's not supposed to be petted, why does it look so pettable? You know, that's, <laughs> that snake is venomous. Don't pick it up. Fear is natural. Kids that don't know how to say any words, they know how to fear. You know, they grow up a little bit and they stop learning how to fear. They start learning how to not fear things. And in some respects, that's good. But when it comes to some things, it's a bad thing. 
Hallelujah. Amen. When we, when we have the correct use of fear, amen, it grabs our attention. Amen. When you, when you have proper fear, it, it tells you danger, danger, danger. Don't go there. Don't climb up that. Don't touch that. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Amen. For better or for worse, fear is necessary for your survival. Amen. When we fear God, it means we are giving God our unwavering attention, our undivided heart. We are focused on Him. Amen. I'm going to tell you, when, if, there's a, if a lion walked in the room, we'd all be paying attention to the lion. Why? Because we got a proper sense of fear. We know that lion could do But when you fear God, you got your eyes focused on Him. I'm not focused on you. I don't fear you. I fear. When we fear God, we give Him all of the attention. Amen. We don't just relegate Him to Sundays or to Wednesdays. When we fear the Lord, we live in a way that declares He is the meaning and the purpose of our lives. When we fear the Lord, we put Him at the center, not the back. We put Him in the front, not the back. We make Him the center of everything we do. When you fear the Lord... You don't try to balance God amongst all your other priorities. Because he is the center of everything. Everything revolves around him. I don't make time for God. I make time for everything else. It's got all my mind, all my focus, all of my attention. He is the priority. Amen. The next thing the fear of the Lord will do for you is it will bring an allegiance in your life. Fearing God leads to a loyalty and an obedience. It gives us the resolve to stay the course because we know, amen, that God is true. And what God has told us to do is still right. And we're going to do it, amen, not because you're watching. Not because the pastor's watching. I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing this because I got a camera on me. I'm doing this because I fear the Lord. And I know that his eye is ever moving to and fro. And his eye is on the sparrow. And his eye is on me. And I'm... And so my loyalty to God is not dependent on other people. My loyalty to his church is not dependent on how I feel that week or how somebody else feels about me that week. My loyalty, my obedience is dependent on my fear level of God. God gets our full allegiance. Not anybody else or anything else. There's some folks that pledge allegiance to the flag. You need to pledge allegiance to Jesus. Amen. Be patriotic. God bless you. But you need, to, you, need to, you need to get up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to be true to Jesus. I'm going to be true to what God. I'm not going to be one way at church and one way at home. I'm not going to be one way, amen, when my friends are around and another way. No, I pledge my allegiance to Jesus Christ. Amen. Because I recognize, amen, my father's always watching. Amen, I don't want to just act a certain way because other people are watching. I don't want to be a Pharisee or a hypocrite. I want to recognize that my father which seeth in secret will reward me openly. And I'm going to do this not for you. I'm going to do this for my audience of one. And finally, this is what the fear of the Lord is. Everybody say, aw. You ever seen a baby? Aw. No, a different awe. When you live in awe, in fact, when we read that God is awesome, you read in the King James Version, you'll see this multiple times. God is awesome. We sing songs like that. God is awesome. How about this one? God is terrible. 
I read that the first time. I thought, man, that's terrible. That's rough. No. How about this one? Awe-inspiring. It's the same Hebrew word for fear. When we fear the Lord, we're saying, God is so awesome. Amen. When we fear the Lord, amen, according to Jewish scholars, awe is the highest form of worship, amen, that you can have. Amen. Amen. God wants to captivate us in a way that is far more emotive than our intellect. Amen. More usages of the fear of the Lord are tapping into the emotions of human psyche. Amen. That which captures our awe tends to capture our hearts. Amen. So when we see God for what He really is and who He really is, we should be in awe of Him and we should absolutely adore Him. When you operate and live in the fear of the Lord, I'll tell you what that really looks like. It's not looking over your shoulder like God's going to whip you at any moment. Uh, No, it's recognizing my God is awesome. My God is magnificent. My God is big. Uh, Why then uh, should I settle for less uh, than my awesome God? Uh, This sin is not as awesome as my God. This addiction is not as awesome as my God. Let's stand across the building and clap our hands and give God praise. Come on, if you want to be a worshiper, you got to go back to the beginning and you got to go back to the fear of the Lord. You got to stand in awe. You ever looked up at the mountains? I do it all the time. That's why I love living in Carson City. If you live out of Carson City, God bless you. But I look out at those mountains, sometimes I just go, wow. Wow. You know what, though? You start living somewhere long enough, you start being around something long enough. Yeah, that's just. You lose your awe. You know, when you first get married, the honeymoon phase, wow. You ever lose that, you're in trouble. You need to get your awe back. Well, that's all right. Just counseling so I don't have to counsel tomorrow. Get your awe back. That awe that says, wow. Which means sometimes you need God to transform your eyes again. God, give me back. Take me back to the beginning. Give me new eyes that I might see. You know, when you first get saved, everything's awesome. Well, at least I thought it was. Man, no one in the church could do wrong. Everybody was awesome. (laughs) And then you live for God for a while. They step on your toes and you're like, man. You know what? You can't change what you know, but you can go back to the beginning. And you can say, God, give me, give me eyes to see things through purity. Help me to see things through the right lens of awe. When you fear the Lord, you live a life that's in awe. Everything God does, wow, it'll make a worshiper out of you. This is why in Psalms 47 and 2, it starts this way. 47 and 1, it starts like this. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Now let me tell you the awe. For the Lord Most High is awesome, awe-inspiring, fearful. He is a great king over all the earth. You know why we shout and we worship the way we worship? Because we've not lost our fear of God. 
I worship Him out of love, yes, but I also worship Him because every time I think about God, all I can say is, wow, oh, He's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. And when you go through life and you operate in the fear of the Lord, every decision goes through the awe. Should I do this? Well, let's think about this. How would my awesome God think about that? I know this is practical on a Sunday afternoon. Should I, should I go there? Should I, should I, should I watch this? Should I live? What, what should I be doing? What should I not be doing? How should I live my life? What direction should I take? All of that should go through the lens of the fear of the Lord. And when you do that, it takes you back to the beginning, and that's where wisdom is. Would you lift up your hands? I have a lot more I could say. But today, before we end this year, we are going to go back to the beginning. We're going to go back to fearing the Lord. Not being afraid of God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going back to just absolutely being in awe of God. Amen. Going back to saying, God, you're incredible. Going back to saying, God, you have my undivided attention. God, you have my loyalty. God, you have my undivided heart. God, you have you have my awe. When I think about the Lord, when I think about His goodness, when I think about how great and magnificent He is, I want to live right. I want to be right. I want to be holy because He's holy. I want to think the way He thinks. I want to talk the way he talks. I want to love what he loves and hate what he hates. I want to fear the Lord. I want to love the Lord. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Come on today. Somebody is about to give, get direction for your life. But it starts by going back to saying, God, get me back, get me back to the place where I can stand in awe of you. Get me back to the place where I can look towards heaven and I can say, wow. Wow, get me back to the place where I can see how incredible you are, God, so that all of a sudden all this other stuff is it pales in comparison. Come on, this is what the Bible means when it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. When you fear the Lord, you focus in, you zoom in on I the Lord. Stand, I stand in Come on, when you magnify the Lord, when you zoom in on God, when you stand in awe of God, when you walk in the fear of the Lord, you can only focus on Him. Holy God, to all praise is you. I stand in Come on, on this last Sunday of the year, somebody needs to lay some things down and say, God, I apologize. I, stand, I, have, I have kept these I things in my life, and I have not lived in awe of you. I have not lived in fear of you. I have allowed these things in my life, but I, I know you don't like them. God, I pray heaven to remove them. Come on, anything that doesn't please God, it's got to go when you fear the Lord. Anything that doesn't please God, has got to go. If it doesn't please God, it's out of my life. If it doesn't please God, it's out of my life.
don't want to do anything that displeases God. If you got to repent tonight, repent. You got to lay some things down, lay some things down. If you got to change direction, change direction. But you got to realize.